Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I'm very grateful to the Lord this morning for this wonderful opportunity he has given unto me. I want to thank the man of this house, Apostle Asanfu, so much for such a wonderful opportunity. Amen. This month we've been treating the series Unity. Yes, we've been talking about unity for some time now, and this is the fourth Sunday of the month, and we are continuing on the same topic, Unity. Last week we talked about the heart, why we need a lawyer heart in the work of unity. This morning we are talking about discipline. Hallelujah. Yes, we are treating discipline in unity and then when we say discipline what is discipline what is discipline discipline is a controlled behavior the greek word that is translated discipline is sophronismos hallelujah it's s-o-p-h-r-o-n-i-s-m-o-s sophronismos and it means a saved mind or a sound mind. We'll read our main scriptures, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Sophronismus. Hallelujah. Yes, sound mind. And then as I said, it literally means to be saved. You have a sound mind. And then we'll read second, um, Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 7. This is the main uh, chapter for this ministry. And I will encourage that we all read Romans chapter 8 over and over again. For those who live according to the flesh, Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be kindly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. What you are saying is, if you are disciplined, that means you have a saved mind. You have a sound mind. Before you can be disciplined in your actions, it starts from your mind. Your mind is saved. Whatever instructions you are asked to do, you do it. I want, I want to share this experience. I remember sometimes when, when I joined this early on, and then we started with our fast. By then, I was not so grown like how I am now. And it was a very tough time for me. I remember even during the fast and the prayers, so many food I wanted to eat after the my fast was just moving around my mind. Even though I was praying, a lot of delicacies was just coming in my mind. It was a really tough battle. 
But now, looking back, I'm so glad that the Lord has disciplined my mind and has kept my mind safe. Now, I don't even wait for a fasting from the church on my own by the leadings of the Spirit. I'm able to resist my body. I'm able to put the flesh to death and I'm able to fast. So if you are a member of this church, if you are a spirit life person, then you ought to be of sound mind. You ought to be disciplined. It's only in being disciplined that we'll be, be able to unite. Hallelujah. Yes. One factor that spares unity is discipline. And then it takes the glory of what God is going to do among his people. And we lag behind in discipline. To move in a united front requires a heart ready to take action. No excuses. When we come to church and receive an instruction, let's go for evangelism. Let's call people. If you are of a disciplined mind, you are able to do it. And it's only when we are disciplined that we'll be able to unite. And that is when instructions come, that we move together. Hallelujah. And then it says that not only is such a mind secure and sound, but it carries the additional idea that this mind is self-controlled, that's discipline, and probably prioritized and able to stay in control of events. So no matter what happens to you in life, no matter what comes, no matter what the, the, the day comes with, you are able to stay in control. You are of a sound mind. If God promises you something, you are able to stay in control. You are disciplined. You know that whatever the Lord has said to you will surely come to pass. Amen. Then the opposite is self-indulgence. When we say somebody is self-indulgent, it means excessive or unrestrained gratification of one's own appetite and desires. Hallelujah. That's the opposite of being disciplined. So it's not when you are disciplined, now you don't think about yourself, what you alone want, what your body is saying. You are able to humble yourselves. You are able to be disciplined. It's not only about you, your desires. If we are saying we are all moving to the left, you come and you move to the left. You don't say, no, me, I want to do it this way. If a person gives you an instruction, you follow. You don't say, no, I don't do it this way. Hallelujah. Yes. Before we can achieve unity as a church, we have to be disciplined. We have to have a saved mind. We have to be of one mind. Anything we do, wherever we find ourselves, you have to be of, you have to have that consciousness. For example, even with the things you are eating, when you want to eat or when we are fasting, you know you are fasting. It's not every food, or you, you don't give in to appetite. You know you feel hungry, but if your mind is saved, you know you have to put your body under subjection. Hallelujah. Jesus is me. So we want to look at why, what causes people to lack discipline in their church? Why is it that people are not disciplined in their church? But what causes people not to be disciplined? The first point is that when you hate to be corrected and trained, when you hate to be corrected and trained, some people just don't like correction. Some people don't like correction. And our scripture is Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Proverbs 12 is 1. Whoever loves instruction 
love knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Amen. Yes. As a child of God, a spiritual person, you should love instructions. You should be ready to accept your fault. If you are doing something and somebody is telling you this was not right, you should be very humble to listen. I used to have that attitude. But thanks be to God and by the leadings of the Spirit, I have changed. Amen. Yes. I think I've worked with one or two people and I've realized most Christians have the attitude. We just don't want anyone to talk about us. If you do that, you'll be on your way to a pit. If you are a Christian and nobody can advise you, if you are doing something that is wrong, nobody can come close to you and correct you. I think you are in danger. Because people can see you are on a road to a bad place. You are on your way to a bad end. And everybody is just watching for you to go there. Before they all say, aha, they can't But as a spiritual person, you have to love instructions. Hallelujah. Because Bible says that he who loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. And I know we are not stupid people. Or we don't want to be stupid people. Hallelujah. Amen. And then to develop a sound, this is not another point. I'm just throwing more light. To develop a sound mind, that is to be disciplined, involves correction until you get to the level where you have to be. We say a, 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 a similar uh, adage in the account that I know we've all heard that before. Of course, we rely on the spirit of wisdom for, uh, rely on the Holy Spirit for wisdom. But there are some things you have not seen before, and then there are people who have worked on the path you are coming, and they know what you, where you are going. To. And so, if you are doing something, of course, if somebody tells you something, it's not that just you take it on the face level, because Bible also says that a fool believes anything. That is different. But when you are giving instructions, when you are trying to be corrected, you sit down after you have received that knowledge. You sit down and then you run it through the lenses of the Spirit of God. And then you see what you have to take and what you don't have to take. You make the Spirit of the Lord talk to you as you have received instructions from people. Because I tell you, some people's words you can lead you somewhere. But I pray that you will love instructions. Amen. Then the second point, why people, why we lack discipline in the church is that when you have not been adapted to the standards of God, when you have not adapted to the standards of God, and our main scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. But I discipline my body and break it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Amen. Yes, you can't be born again and still have the same attitude you used to have. Apostle has been saying this over and over again. You can't be born of the Spirit 
And then if you were a drunkard, you are still a drunkard. If you were a womanizer, you are still a womanizer. If you were a liar, you are still telling lies. If you used to steal, you are still stealing. It's, it's, it's an error. Hallelujah. You have to adopt to the standards of God. Because when you are born of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord comes to dwell in you. And the Bible says that He will teach us all truth. He will, he will teach us all truth. As you live your Christian life, as you really become born again, then you feed yourself on the Word. You realize that when, when you are doing something, that's why we usually say, you be catching say. No, it's the Spirit of the Lord that is prompting you. And that is the gift of our Father to us. He is the one that can teach us how to live our Christian life. Hallelujah. So when you become born again, you have to adopt the standards of God by allowing the Holy Spirit to have His way in you. Hallelujah. I remember some time ago, uh, I was at the shop, and then someone came. And then she wanted to do a transaction. It was a little girl. And then I heard the voice of the Spirit tell me, I shouldn't do it for her. I went ahead and I did it. Not knowing the number she brought, she had missed it. So after I did that thing, I did a transfer. She came back that it had not come. And then when she came, I, I, I was like, wow. God had seen and didn't want me to do. But I just moved ahead and I did. So I just sat down and I realized that, oh. Really, God is with me even in my workplace, and He does not want me to or incur death. Hallelujah. So, when you become born again, you have to allow the Spirit of the Lord to teach you. You have to adopt. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us that is His gift to us. That is what the book of Acts says that He is the gift of the Father. So, He is to direct us in our truth, even in our Christian lives, even in our business, whatever we find ourselves doing. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us. And then you have to adapt. Paul was saying that even him, upon all the souls he had won, he put his body in subjection. That after he has preached to people, he himself will not be disqualified. So there can be that you might be disqualified. But I pray for you today that you put your body under subjection and then you adapt to the standards of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And the third point is that when you think you can do whatever you please, then Jesus will be fine with you. When you think you can do whatever you please, then Jesus will be fine with you. The Bible says that we are not of our own. We have been bought with a price. Your life is no longer your own. When you come to Christ, your life is no longer your own. You have been bought to a price. And therefore, you have to live to please your master. We will take our scripture from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights in. I read it again. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as a father, the son in whom he delights in. 
So even a father corrects his son. That's the same way the Lord corrects us. So you can't do whatever you wish or whatever you please and think Jesus will be fine with you. He will correct you. Because even our earthly fathers, when we do something that is not right, he corrects us. And that is the same way God is going to correct you when you do things that are not pleasing in his sight. He says that do not despise the chastening of the Lord. When we talk about the chastening of the Lord, that's the correction. correction. So you can't be a Christian or you, and you think that you can do whatever you wish with your body. The Lord will correct you. Then our final point, why there is lack of discipline. There is lack of a saved mind or a sound mind in the church. When you forget the word and the will of God. When you forget the word and the will of the Father. Then we'll also read Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang on and the feeble knees. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 5 to 6. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So this, in Hebrews, the writer was just quoting what we read earlier in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 11. But in the beginning of verse 5, he was saying that you have forgotten the exhortation. That means you have forgotten the word. So when you forget the word of the Lord and the will of the Lord, that is when you lack discipline. If you forget the word of the Lord, you begin to lack discipline. Amen. Yes, and I pray for you that you never forget the word of the Lord. You never forget the will of the Lord in your life. Because if you do that, you give the devil chance into your mind. And he presents to you all that is wrong around you. All that is, everything that is happening around you. We tell you to look at your bank account. We tell you you are not beautiful. Some time ago, some year ago, I think a year or two ago, uh, I don't know what happened, but I really allowed the devil to have my mind. And it took the, the grace of the Lord to get me back. Remember somebody was passing, and then the Lord asked me to buy a book from him. And when I started reading the book, I realized how much had been lost in my thoughts. How much I had allowed the devil to get hold of my mind. I was so filled with worry, 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 always crying. When I read the book, by God's grace, revelation came unto me. And I got hold of myself. And every day I used to remind the devil, I am a child of God. You will not have me now. You will not have my mind now. So if you forget the word of God, that's why you have to every day. It's, the Christian journey is an everyday journey. Never think you can go a day without reading the word of the Lord. Never think you can move one day without having your quiet time. It's an error. As a Christian and as a spirit life person, it's even a, 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 a disobedience to apostle. You have to get to the word every day. 
Because the devil is always attacking our minds. That is the battleground. He is always in our minds, speaking onto our minds, whispering onto our minds, whispering into our minds, every, taking everything onto our minds. And then he doesn't come with false things. He comes with true things. He tells you the natural things. But you don't look at the natural things. You walk by faith. Hallelujah. For example, let's say you wake up. And then, I want to use my own example. Uh, you wake up and you are so full. I don't know. If you really took the Holy Spirit, let me know that worry is from the devil. Because if you have hold of the word of the Lord, and you know all the promises God has for you. In Matthew 6, he said it clearly. Do not worry about tomorrow, what you will eat, or what you will drink. For even the birds of the air, they do not labor or spin. But God feeds them. How much more you? And you find a lot of believers, they are worried, worried, worried. I saw a quote in a book um, some time ago. And he says, and it says that today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. I repeat, today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. If you don't get hold of your thoughts, if you don't have a saved mind, if you are not disciplined, the devil will get hold of your thoughts and you realize that you, you take hold of your joy because joy is your strength and you always bombard you with worry. You see this is not working. You see this person doesn't like you. You see this person says this. You see, and but I pray for you and I thank God that you are a member of this church. Where the word of God is always coming to purify your mind and your heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. So these are the reasons why the church lacks discipline. Then how do we get discipline? How do we become disciplined? Or how to be disciplined? In other words, how to have a saved mind or a sound mind. One, agree with the word. Tell your neighbor, agree with the word. Agree with the word. You have to agree with the word of the Lord. If you have believed in Jesus and you know he is, this is the word of the Lord. Jesus was the word, the word of life. Then you have to agree with it. I tell you for a fact, we Christians have nothing but the word of the Lord the blood and the blood of Jesus. That is all we have. All the promises of, the, of God in his word is all we have. That is our inheritance. Nothing more. We can't get anything in this world. It is the word of the Lord that will teach us. It is the word of the Lord that will give us kingdom paradigms. It is the word of the Lord that will open unto us mysteries. It is the word of God that will build us up. It is the word of God that will give us wealth. It is the word of God that will give us strength. It is God's word that will give us joy. It's God's word that gives us everything. The Bible says that a good news brings healing to the bones. It is God's word that will give you healing. Scripture also says that he wish above all things that will prosper and be in good health. So when you get hold of the word of God, you know that these are God's promises for me. That's why I say that what I personally, what I marvel at, is a Christian who doesn't love the word of God or a Christian who doesn't have a Bible or a Christian who is in fact when I see that I get scared because I don't know what seriously I don't know how you are living your Christian life when you are a Christian you are not reading the word you have no Bible what are you doing you just wake up and you are moving about 
you become a prey for the devil. Hallelujah. As a child of God, you have to get hold of the word. When you wake up in the morning, you ask yourself, what is my father saying to me today? Hallelujah. So we read Proverbs chapter 12 verse 1. But you don't only have to read the word or hear the word. You have to agree with the word of the Lord. Amen. Again, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. The word of God brings us knowledge. In the New Testament, Paul wrote to a church and he was saying that he wished that they were bound in the knowledge of him. God's word brings knowledge. When you read the word of God, you get something new. I've read the Bible over and over again. But anytime I read, it's like something new comes up. I listened to Pastor Benny Hinn and he was saying that he's read the Bible cover to cover more than 100 times. But every other time he takes his Bible to read, something new springs up. Because the word of God is never ending. From time immemorial, people, even ask yourself, ask yourself, from Sunday school till now, how many words of God have you heard? Even in this church, when I joined this church, how many messages have I, haven't I heard? How many sermons haven't I preached? But anytime you come, anytime you hear God's word, it's like a new um, energy, a new insight. Because the Bible says that His word gives light and it gives understanding. That anytime you hear the word of God, it's like a new thing sparks up in your spirit. Hallelujah. So you have to read the word of God and you have to agree with it. You have to love it. You have to move from that part where you are not just reading the word for the word's sake. But you, from the depth of from your heart, it's like, it's like honey on your tongue. You have to love God's word. And then you have to agree with it. You don't have to read the word of God with doubt. That's why we read 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. You have to read it with expectation. You have to agree with whatever God has said in his word. If God says that he will prosper you, in the, in the Old Testament, there are lots of marvelous testimonies there. There are lots of marvelous promises. When you read it, you don't think it was for the children of Israel. It's for you. Everything Jesus said. When Jesus said, greater power I give to you. Whatever I do, greater works will you do. You have to agree. You have to believe. That is God's word for you. Amen. The Bible says that you lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. You have to agree with that. Hallelujah. You have to believe that. Then the next point, how to be disciplined or how to have a sound mind is that you need to be focused. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, focus. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25, 27. And I read, And their brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 and 27. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself become disqualified. 
But our concentration is on verse 25 and 26. I want to read the I want to read another version for simpler understanding. Paul was talking about the race we run as a Christian, that he doesn't just run amiss, but he is focused. He knows he has to win the prize. Verse 26. He says that therefore I run thus not with a certainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. So he was focused in his in his Christian journey. He was focused in his fight. He knew he had to get the prize. Hallelujah. As Christians, we have to be focused. Once I was listening to Pastor Mike Meadow, and he said something that struck me. He said, can you just be focused doing one thing for a year? He was talking about people who were not having good business. So people who say they don't know what to do. He was saying, can you be concentrated on one thing at least for about four years? And see how God will be blessed with. As a Christian, you have to be focused. You have to set your mind on one thing and be focused at it. Not that today you are here, tomorrow you are there. Today you are selling this, tomorrow you are selling that. Today you want to be a lawyer, tomorrow you want to be a policeman. The next day you want to be what? A medical doctor. The day after you want to be, I don't know how many professions I've wanted to be. But you need to be focused. Hallelujah. You need to set your mind on something and push through. Not minding whatever happens on your left, on your right. But you look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. And when you do that, that is how you become disciplined. Because in fact, if anybody who lacks concentration or is not focused, it shows you are not disciplined. You don't have a sound mind. The devil has had access to your mind. You are not saved. Because if you really know you are convicted, then you know that this is where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Yes, you have to get to that assurance. You have to be focused. You have to be convicted in your heart. This is where God wants me to be. And then you run along. I love the man of the law of God so much. When I met Apostle, one thing I really like about him is nothing moves him for the word of Yes, nothing moves me. Nothing. I mean, if it's a Sunday, it's a Sunday. Every day we are meeting. Every prayer meeting he calls, we are having it. Hallelujah. And that is a characteristic of someone who is disciplined. Because his mind is saved. Amen. Yes, his mind is saved. His mind is resolute. He knows this is where God wants me to be. He knows God is saying, I have to have this prayer meeting. Nothing moves him. No matter the number of people that come, nothing moves. I want to say something, but I don't want to say it because I'm live. But that is something I had been looking for because previously I was in three places because one or two people don't show up. We just cancel prayer meetings because one or two people don't show up. We just cancel this. We say, oh, we say we'll go and do this. We'll go and do this. Big, big, big talks. And then the day comes. Oh, we But you need to be focused. Hallelujah. I pray for you that whatever you are doing, whatever you find your hands to do, that you be focused and you look only unto Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Be, be a student of the word. Be a student of the word. I have talked about why you have to love God's word so much. But now you don't only have to love the word. You don't only have to read the word. 
You have to be a student of the word. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. You become disciplined when you are a student of the word. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Other version says study to show yourself approved unto God. So you become approved unto God when you study. Amen. And you have to be a student of the word. To be, how to be, in order for you to be disciplined, you have to be a student of your word. As I said earlier, when you lack, you get hold of your flesh. You are in tune. You are disciplined. When you wake up in the morning, I repeat, never think you can go a day without God's word. It's an error as a Christian. And it's an error as a child of God. Never think you can go one day without God's word in your spirit. You have to study to show yourself approved. I remember some time ago when I was in school, there was this uh, student leader. Then he met me. We were having a conversation. Then he started asking me questions about the Bible. And I couldn't answer most of them. And he said, I mean that now, when you are reading the Bible, you have to open your eyes. He wasn't just asking me about scriptures or quotes, but he was asking me detailed questions. What was the name of Abraham's second wife? How many children did Esau had? What was the name of Samson's father? You know, now when you are reading the word, you are taking into detail everything. You are not just reading God's word, but you are taking it into detail. Hallelujah. And then when I started doing that, I realized that, whoa, there are a lot of things in God's word most people don't know. And then you have to study God's word to show yourself approved. That is where you become approved unto God. A workman diligent. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. If you have God's word in you. I have a, a friend I pray with. And he says that to me when I walk. I walk with confidence. Because I know God's word in my spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. As a child of God. Your confidence level. Would depend on how much of God's word is in you. For example. Let's say. When we call for evangelism. And we want to go. Most people, though, I remember one of my roommates told me she can't share the gospel with people because when people ask her a question, she doesn't know the answer to if. And I said, yes, that shows you that you have to get into God's word to know. Amen. If you go and talk to these Muslim guys, I tell you, they can embarrass you. And that is why most of us don't have the courage to go. But I pray for you today that you, your mind will be repentant. And that you will study the word of the Lord. Amen. Yes. You not just read. You not just laugh. And now you study. You move into the zoom of. You zoom into the realm of memorizing scriptures. Amen. And then when you, see, you do that. You realize how much discipline you become. 
nothing shakes you. When the devil whispers something into your, ma- your mind, immediately you realize that immediately the word of God sprouts up. The devil is telling you, you are nobody, you are something. You say, no, I'm a child of God. You realize that anytime the devil is trying to counteract with something, immediately the Holy Spirit drops a scripture in your spirit. And then you're able to talk back to the devil because it is a word of God fight. When the devil went to tempt Jesus, he didn't tempt him with any other thing. He went to tempt him with scriptures. To tempt him whether he, Jesus, knew even the scriptures. How much more you? Tell your neighbor, how much more you? Jesus was tempted with scriptures. To know if he knew. He wanted to see if he was indeed the word. How much more you? So get into the scriptures. Amen. Study the scriptures. That is where your confidence lies. Hallelujah. Yes. Then the next point is that. The sixth point. Sorry. The fourth point. Heed instructions. Heed instructions. Yes, today there are so much instructions for us to heed to. The Lord is ministering to someone. Heed unto instructions. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17. How to be disciplined. You have to heed unto instructions. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 17. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life. Hallelujah. But he who receives correction goes astray. Bible is saying that the one who keeps instructions is in the way of life. Amen. Yes. So if you are not heeding unto instructions, where are you? You are lost. But if you heed unto instructions, you are in the way of the Lord. If you heed unto the instructions of God, you realize that you walk in the will of God. You are under the feet of Jesus. You are in his word. When you heed unto instructions, I pray that any word, any instruction that comes, from this place, this year, that we all heed unto it. Amen. Yes, because we don't want to be lost. We don't want to be lost at all. It's a pity to be away from the presence of the Lord. It's really sad. But we will always be in the presence of the Lord and will always be in the way of life because we are heeding unto instruction. Amen. And the first point is that we have to watch and pray. Watch and pray. Not only have to pray, but we have to watch. What did Jesus say? Jesus says, watch and pray that you might not fall into temptation. So in order for you to be disciplined, in order for you to have a sound mind, you have to watch and then you have to pray. We read Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such one, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. If a man is overtaken by any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. I was trying to say that if somebody is falling short, then the spiritual person, you have to intercede for them. Amen. Yes. You have to, otherwise, you also might be tempted. So I, I pray 
that we will watch in this year 2022. Even as we have finished our 14-day fast, we will not just be ended, but as individuals, every time we are watching and we are praying. Amen. I said earlier on, the Christian journey is an everyday journey. As Apostle said once, God created night and day. God, he created day. So every day of your life, you have to live in anticipation of the Lord's coming. You have to get into the Word. You have to be praying. You have to be studying. It's an everyday journey. Not only when a, a, a prayer time is arranged. Not only when there is an all night. Not only on a Friday or on a Sunday. So as, as soon as we do that as individuals, then we become disciplined. So when you come here, as he always says, then you are not coming to the presence of the Lord and you are coming to Joseph. It doesn't work like that. Amen. If you are being spiritual every day, if you are watching and you are praying every day, you realize that when Prophet Game comes, he's ignited. When Pastor Miriam comes, she's ignited. When Tiny comes, she's ignited. Everybody is already coming, carrying the presence of the Lord. So as soon as we meet, hallelujah, there is a spark. It's not now you are telling people, close your eyes and pray. Oh, don't sleep. Don't do that. If you are doing that, you are exhibiting a characteristic of an undisciplined person. But I pray that as you have heard the word of God today, that you will be repentant in your mind. And every day of your life, every single day, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, you are sparked up. You are living a disciplined life. Your mind is in tune on the word of God. You are communicating with the spirit. You are praying. Hallelujah. Because that is our hallmark. That is what God has placed on apostles' mind. To raise up spiritual people. Spiritual people don't just come to church on a Sunday and on a Friday and are happy. Spiritual people are happy every day because they are always in tune to God. They are always having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. And I pray that this year, hallelujah, there will be a turnaround in our Christian lives. Even as we are talking about discipline, that will be united in discipline. Amen. That each and every one of us, on every single day of our lives, we are working in discipline. Amen. Then the next point, the sixth point is that you have to be careful of those who stir up confusion. Be careful of those who stir up confusion. Bible says that do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Um, I, I used to listen to this woman of God. And she used to say something that you can't, you can't be amongst people and then she was a psychologist. She had a PhD in psychology. She was given the scenario that if you want to really see how your life will become in some years, check your five friends around you. So if you want to really see how somebody is, check the person's company. If your friends are gossips, automatically, if you are not a gossip now, you become a gossip. If your friends are drunkards, you should know by all means it's some time to come. If you are not now, you turn. If the five of your friends are unemployed, you should, you should really be get out of that cycle. So your cycle will actually show you in some years to come what you become of. And that's what scripture says. Now don't be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good manners. You can't be certain amongst people who are always humanizing, who are always lying, who are always cheating. People who are, are stealing things. And you be in that conversation and you think it's not having an impact on you. 
you are deceiving yourself. You have to get out of that cycle. And then you have to be careful of those who set up confusion. Even in this church, when you come here, you have to be careful the kind of conversations you listen to. When you finish church, those who are talking, what are they talking about? Are they talking about the word of God that has come and the revelation they have received? Or they are talking about the man of God and his family and his children? Or they are talking about someone's shoes? Or they are pleased? We have to change our minds. We have to get a disciplined mind from today. In our conversations, we have to know what we are talking about. If you are in any environment where there is always confusion stirred up, some people, for some particular reasons, are always angry. Hallelujah. Yes. There are people who are always angry, who are always, you know, talking about how hard their country is, how bad our leaders are, how this, this. If you are always hearing those things into your ears, don't think it will not have any uh, uh, effect on you. By while now, Apostle has been trying to give the example of how these PCFM news and Kokoko news are disturbing people. Personally, some time ago, um, I, I, I heard this, uh, when I was meditating on this scripture, that good news brings healing to the bones. I was like, wow. And I started thinking about a number of things. I was meditating on this scripture. And then by then too, I had a friend whose mother was sick. And the guy was not well to do. But suddenly God touched his life. His mother was his, uh, his mother's legs were almost worse. Well, she was in hospital for a while. But all of a sudden, the guy's life changed. He was, the company he was working with, somebody met him, and then they took him abroad before the COVID. He started traveling all over the world. Within a, a minute, his life had changed completely. And I knew he, he was the one taking care of the mother. So I asked him, so how is your mom now? How did she, how did she feel when she heard this news? And she said, when my mother heard the news, she just got healed. She got out of the hospital and she was discharged. I was like, wow. And then the Holy Spirit dropped onto me that indeed God's word says that good news brings healing to the bones. So I was thinking about this word and I was wondering what I allow into my ear. And then I realized that a lot of negative vibes around. A lot of negative vibes. When you listen to a particular news broadcast, CNN, I don't know when they have said something good. I don't know of you who are always watching, but I realize that it's always breaking news. This has happened here. This has happened here. This is here. You know, the devil has a way of working. Scripture says that we should not be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. The devil's motive is to perpetuate fear. Fear into you. And how is he doing that? By what you are hearing. Amen. What you are hearing. What is uh, you are allowing into your ears. Hey, this is a, has happened here. This has happened here. This has happened here. Breaking news. This is happening. This is happening. And then what do you do? Realize that you are scared. Please. You are a kingdom distributor of wealth. Hallelujah. Bible says that for, the, for Jesus' sake, for your poverty, Jesus became rich. Jesus became poor so that you might become rich. However you become rich, I don't know. But that is God's word to me. And that is what I believe. Hallelujah. So you have to be careful what you allow in your ears. Where you sit. You have to be careful what you are hearing. Are you hearing words that enlighten you? Are you hearing words that embolden you? When you meet with your friends. Are they sharing scriptures? Hallelujah. When you meet with me and you are talking. When you are talking, I listen to you. I want to see how much of God's word you have in you. If you can't come to me and talk and talk and talk. 
And with no word, no inspiration, nothing, I close you in my mind. Hallelujah. Because I always want people who build me up spiritually. Amen. Yes. So you have to be careful what you are allowing in your ears and what kind of people you surround yourself with. And you don't have to be surrounded with those who are bringing division. We read two scriptures, Titus chapter 3 verse 10 and then Proverbs chapter 16 verse 28. In order for you to be disciplined, or how you become disciplined, is that you have to be careful those who stir up confusion and what you hear. So Titus chapter 3 verse 10, and then Proverbs chapter 6 verse 28. Titus chapter 3 verse 10. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition. Reject. Tell your neighbor, reject. Reject. Yes. As a Christian, you have to know how to say no to certain things. You have to reject a divisive man who is always causing confusion and division among people after the first and second admonition. So after you have approached the person as a brother or as a sister with a brotherly intention, you have spoken to the person and you realize that the person is still of the habit of causing division among brethren, you have to reject such a person. And then Proverbs 16, verse 28. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. <clears throat> a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates perverse best friends. A perverse man sows strife. And a whisperer separates best friends. A perfect person is someone who always wants to do what the person has decided to do. And that person is always sowing strife and confusion. And then Bible says a whisperer. In other versions, he says a gospel. Hey, sorry. A gossip. Yes, a gossip separates best friends. But I pray in the name of Jesus. That in the spirit life, people, there will be no perverse person amongst us. And there will be no gossips amongst us. There will not be any divisive people amongst us. Because we have yielded to discipline. And our minds have been renewed by God. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Isn't it awesome that brethren will dwell together in unity. If we are going to be united. Then there don't have to be a Judas Iscariot amongst us. There doesn't have to be a divisive person amongst us. We all have to be of one mind. We all have to have a disciplined mind. That's why I said it's going to be an individual affair. On your own, you are disciplined. On my own, I'm disciplined. And so when we come together, we are already dwelling in unity. Amen. And the last point is that you have to have a willing heart. In order to be disciplined, you have to have a willing heart. Your heart has to be willing. Last year, Apostle, sorry, last week, Apostle talked so much about the heart. And then I really appeal that we go back and we watch, we listen to the podcast. He dwelt extensively about the heart. So I won't talk much. But if you will want to be disciplined, it starts with the heart. No amount of what you are hearing will make you disciplined. When your heart is rejecting what you say, what is being said, you have to be willing in your heart. Amen. 
and we read Isaiah 119. It all starts in the heart. If we will be united, if we will be disciplined, it starts in the heart. And we have to have a willing heart. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. In the day, in that day, there will be an altar in the land of the Lord, in the midst of the land of Egypt. And a people, in that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord, its border. So we have to have a wailing heart. We have to be together. In order for us to be disciplined, our heart has to be worked on. Then the next subtopic, why should we be disciplined? Is discipline necessary at all as great life people? Why should we be disciplined? What are some of the benefits we get when we are disciplined? Why should we be disciplined? Or why should I, or Mida, why should I be disciplined? One, discipline brings victory. Amen. Yes. If we are disciplined, we will be victorious. And we will read um, Joshua chapter 6, verse 2 to 7. It took discipline for the walls of Jericho to come down. It took the people of Israel to be of a sound mind and of a saved mind and of one mind to heed to the instructions of Joshua in order for them to achieve what they achieved. Joshua chapter 2 verse, Joshua chapter 6, sorry. Please, I'm reading. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Proceed and march around the city and let him who is armed advance before the Ark of the Lord. Amen. Yes, when you continue reading downwards, you realize that the instructions the Lord gave on Joshua, we heard about how we have to love instructions if we want to be disciplined. Those were the same instructions he gave. To the, those are the same instructions they followed. And he led the people to follow. They were supposed to march around. And then on the seventh day, there will be a shout, not a shout on the first day. And when they had heeded to these instructions, they had victory. Hallelujah. The walls of Jericho came down. So if you are disciplined, if you heed to instructions, if your mind, your mind is sound and you heed to instructions, you realize that you will be victorious. 
In your life, you will be victorious. In your marriage, you will be victorious. In your relationships, you will be victorious. In your work, you will be victorious. Because you do not lack discipline. Amen. And the second point is that we gain endurance when we are disciplined. Hallelujah. Somebody say endurance. Yes, endurance. In one of the scriptures, Paul was talking about endurance. That you should add to something endurance, perseverance. Endurance is part of this Christian journey. Most people give up because their strength is weak and they don't have the capacity to endure. But when you are disciplined, when your mind is, your mind is sound, when your mind is disciplined, when you have a saved mind, you realize that you'll be able to endure. No matter what the devil brings your way, no matter how things are going, you still rely on the strength of the Lord and you are able to persevere through. You're able to endure through. Amen. We read um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily enslaves, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hallelujah! Yes, look into your neighbor's eyes. And tell your neighbor, run with endurance. Run with endurance. I remember those times when I was in cadet. When we go for our morning joggings, I'm telling you, you are serious. And when you want to give up and you want to lag behind, the instructors will come, hey, endure, endure, endure. Tell your neighbor, endure. Yes, in the Christian work, it's not an easy journey. But God has, has promised us of victory. There's this song that, there's this hymn now, I think it's a Methodist hymn now. It says, You never promised us that the journey will be easy. And you have forgotten the latter part. Not many of us. Yes, but He has promised us victory. And that as Christians, we have to endure. Amen. Yes, so even you have discipline, where your mind is resolute, you have the word of God in you, you are hidden unto instructions. Realize that you have this inner strength. Scripture says that the. Um, the same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead. It will quicken your mortal body and it will give you strength. Their strength is not your strength. Their strength is from above. And God will give you that endurance when you heed to instructions and when we are disciplined. Amen. I pray for you today that no matter what you are going through and no matter what the devil will bring to us this year, that we will endure. As a spirit life people, we will endure. As individuals, we will endure. No matter those around us, no matter the cycle of people we have ourselves with, no matter those that are coming against us, but by the strength of God, we will endure. And we will not just endure, we will be victorious in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Victory belongs to this. The third point, you hear the voice of the Spirit. Glory! Yeah. You hear the voice of the Spirit. And we read Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 23. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 23. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that 
the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Amen. This was Paul speaking when he had, was about to journey. He knew the Spirit of God had told him he would suffer persecution. Later on, when the prophet Agabus saw him, and then he took his belt off, and he said that whoever is the owner of this belt was going to suffer persecution and that he shouldn't go. What did Paul say? He said, yes, I'm not really ready to suffer, but I'm ready to die. Why? Because God had already told him what awaits him. Can you imagine when you already know what is ahead of you? I want to share a testimony. I know that is a testimony or is it? But some time ago, when I finished school, and I was not retained at where I work, and I had tried, I was, I really didn't apply, but those who had tried to get a job for me, I will try and try and try. Who will call you and I will not hear from them. will call you. But at a point in time, I was getting disappointed. I was praying to God. I, I think I was meditating on one scripture in... Um, but the scripture, I think it's in Numbers. Numbers, yeah. The latter part of Numbers. Where God had promised the children of Israel that they will not reap. After they have sown for um, six years, in the next years, they will not sow or harvest. And that God will cause the harvest of the seventh year to be such plenty that is going to feed them for three more years. So I was, as I was meditating on this scripture, the Holy Spirit whispered unto me that this scripture is about trust. Because he was saying that there has to be a fallow period. In the seventh year, there is not going to be any uh, reaping or sowing. But the harvest of the previous year is going to take care of them three more years. And I was like, wow. So as I was um, communicating with the Holy Spirit, so I asked the Lord, so where will I be? Where will I be? Because I was getting frustrated. Then the Holy Spirit told me that I'll be at Mom's shop. That was, I think, 2021, in early part of January. So I was like, wow. Yeah, I just kept quiet. I think two days later, the lady who was there, the mom just came and said she doesn't like the way she's so she wants to end things. She's giving the place to me. I should go there. And quickly I remember I was like, wow. The Lord had already told me that that is where I will be. And now I'm asking God, how long will I be there? But he's not telling me. So whatever had ha has happened, even though people see me, I've been trying, honestly, I've been trying a lot of things. And anytime it doesn't work, the Holy Spirit told me, I told you you'll be here. And I know the reason why you'll be here. And it's, when you walk, when you're able to hear God's voice like that, you have an assurance in your spirit. You realize that you walk in peace. You walk in joy. No matter what is happening, you know that this is where I have to be. This is God's will for me. So anytime, whatever comes up, you, just, you are just okay. People are the ones worried. People are the ones disturbed. But deep in your heart, you know that you are at the perfect place for where God wants you to be. And that was the same with Paul. He had, God had told him that a lot of tribulations await him in Jerusalem. And he wasn't ready to give up. Because he knew that was what the Spirit of the Lord had said to him. And it all comes when you are disciplined. When you are disciplined, God will speak to you. Because most Christians, God, has, God is speaking to us, but we can't hear. Oh, Mr. Say, and then it's too late. 
But when you become disciplined, you're able to hear the voice of your Lord. Not only just hear it, but you're able to obey it. You're able to decide and know that this is God talking to me. And I pray for you today that even as you determine to be disciplined, even as you make your mind to be disciplined, you will hear what God has for you on a personal level. Where God wants you to be, the step you have to take, the turn you have to take, you will hear for yourself and you will have assurance and peace in your heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 4. You stand the enemy's attempt to bring you down. Hallelujah. Yes. You're able to withstand all that the devil does. The Bible says that he goes about roaring like a lion. Diggy, diggy, diggy. But nothing is with him. And able to withstand all that he does. Sometimes life can be tough. Sometimes things can be all hope might, might, might look like it's down. But you're able to stand as a child of God. When your mind is disciplined, when you have a saved mind, you're able to withstand whatever the devil brings. Hallelujah. Yes. No matter what the devil brings, you stand up tall. What did, Bible, what did the scripture say in Ephesians? That it says, stand up and stand firm. Put on the whole armor of God. Whatever the devil brings, you know you are armed up. Hallelujah. I pray that somebody will be armed up today in the name of Jesus. That you put on the helmets of salvation. You have your breastplate of righteousness. You have your belt of truth. And you are standing mightily. Scripture says that and when you have all these things, when you stand, stand firm. I pray in the name of Jesus that someone is standing stronger. Someone is standing firm. Ready for what the devil is bringing on. Because your mind is saved. Amen. Yes. Luke chapter 8 verse 13 to 14. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 to 14. Luke chapter 8, verse 13 to 14. But the one on the... Let me read from verse 12. Jesus was talking about this parable. Those who build their houses. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. The, who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart lest they should believe and be saved but the ones on the rock but the ones on the rock are those who hear who they hear receive the word with joy and have no roots no no sorry matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27 it talks about the person who builds his house on the rock matthew chapter Seven verse twenty four to twenty seven. Matthew seven verse twenty four to twenty seven. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a, ma a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Yes. When you hear 
when you become disciplined, you will be like a house that is built on a rock. No matter what comes, no matter what is coming, no matter how much rain is falling, that, that house is still standing. And I pray that you'll be able to withstand the devil's attempts. No matter what the devil is throwing at you, Oh, it will hit you and it will drop in the name of Jesus. You will be like one on Mount Zion. You will not be shaken. You will not be moved. You will not think twice. You will not have doubts in your head. You will not question the love of God for your life. Because your mind will be saved. Your mind will be resolute. You will be firm in your convictions. Because you stand on the solid rock. That is Jesus Christ. And you will not be moved. You will not be shaken. In the name of Jesus, you will stand whatever the devil brings your way. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels, or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed, and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.